Amen. And I give honor to Elder Lyle, man who has not changed the message. You know, you know, I heard last night uh, the man said that uh, evangelicals, that uh, whatever that is, there are going to be less of them. Said that whole organizations are going to be wiped out with this spirit that's sweeping this whole world. Amen. Well, I, I just want you to know that the people that have hope are the people that's got a taproot that goes way back to a holiness man of God somewhere. You've got to have that taproot that goes way back to holiness preaching. I didn't say... I didn't say conservative. That's a new word. That's not a Bible word. We didn't know what a conservative and liberal was when I was growing up. We knew what worldliness was, and we knew what holiness was. I didn't know what a conservative was. I am telling you, there's a whole bunch of folks hiding behind that conservative word. I'm not, I hadn't even read I'm going to get somebody mad at me before I get started. But I'm just telling you, there's a new conservative. You understand that? They all say the right thing at the right time. I'm getting in trouble already. But they don't live it and they don't believe it. And it's not in their churches. Amen. I got to get I got to get some of you folks awake here this morning. I looked over here and it looked like there's a slumbering spirit. I got to But they on my side now. Praise God. Amen. I'm glad for a taproot, brother. Somebody in my life that put me on holiness, not conservativism. Not conservativism, but holiness. Well, praise God. I'm glad for the elders the ministers that are here today, glad my wife's here. I seem to do better when she's here. And I give honor to these good men. I, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to, but I'm not going to take up a lot of time. But I, I do want to say, Brother Eldon Reeves, I appreciate you. This man gave me a chance to preach when, when, when I didn't, I couldn't, still can't, but I just thought I'd say thank you, Brother Reeves. Amen. I remember some of them good sermons I preached I found some of them the other day, and man, man, I love Jesus. That's one of my favorite ones. Do you love Jesus? That was my sequence. <laughs> Series of service sermons there. It was wonderful. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know. How. Amen. I want you to stand with me. I just feel like preaching a little bit this morning. Now, you know, I, I, I've taught this before. And uh, I've taught some that probably should have, well, no doubt about it, should have never been preached the first time. And I've preached some that might should have been preached twice. And you know, if, if it's worth preaching one time, it's worth preaching twice. And if you preachers have never preached one twice, well, you pick up the songbook and you can songbook me but after the service. But I just feel this way down in my spirit. 
And I really can't do any other thing. I, ha I have learned, Brother Hare, that when I feel it, go ahead and go with it. Suffer the consequences later. Amen. I heard a man the other day <laughs> sort of halfway apologize for preaching the same sermon twice. He said, my heart really is not in it, but mine's less than that in my apology. I'm telling you, I can do no less than what I've got to do here this morning. I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 18. And uh, if the Lord would help me, I sure need some help today. I heard Brother McMurray say one time you get, there's, uh, there's more than one anointing. The Lord anoints you. And then you get an anointing from the people. From the people. They can anoint you to preach. Or they can make it worse. Amen. Brother Weeks, I'm glad you're here from our church. God bless you, Brother Tannehill. Glad you're here. I am reading, and the Lord appeared unto him. And that word appeared is where I'm going today in the plains of memory. He had been in this non-exciting, mundane plains of memory for 15 years. He sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, there, there uh, three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran. He ran to meet them from the tent door, and he bowed himself toward the ground. And he said, My Lord Adonai, if now I have found favor in thy sight, this is important, what I'm going to try to present today. Pass not away. Don't be in a hurry to go. I pray thee. From thy servant, let a little water, I pray thee, be fetched and wash your feet. And rest yourself under the tree. I'll fetch a morsel of bread and comfort your hearts. And after that, you shall pass away. For uh, therefore you come to your servant, and to his probably shock and surprise, they said, Okay, so do as thou hast said. You may be seated. Praise God. I've already prayed. Praise God. Amen. I want to talk about Abraham, the friend of God. James said that he was called the friend of God. Isaiah in chapter 41 said, Jacob is my servant, but Abraham is my friend. Jehoshaphat, 2 Corinthians chapter 20, when he was reminding God about, about the land, he said, you promised this land to your friend Abraham forever. I am not going to deal a lot of time today trying to convince you that God is your friend. I think he is the best friend that we've ever had. And I think everybody in this building needs to understand that he is that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And he is that friend that was born for adversity and in a time of need. I remember when Judas came in the night and with that crowd. 
And I remember when he kissed him, he said, friend, not because Judas was his friend, but because Jesus had been Judas' friend. I tell you, he's the best friend a man or a woman could ever have. But the truth of the matter is he has never had many friends. He's always been a friend. But he's never had many friends that would reciprocate and be a friend to him. He called Abraham the friend of God. Not a friend, as if it's one of many. A friend could be one of many. I promise you that over and over and over again, he has been a friend to man when man has not returned that friendship to him. Now, I would tell you here this morning, right off the start of this little message here, that he's looking for friends. He needs friendship, and I use that, don't make me qualify. He has no needs, but he wants friendship. I, I remember when he found those 11th hour men in Matthew chapter 20, and he sent them out at the 11th hour. And when it came time for payday, he told the man that grumbled and complained because we were there all day long. We bore the heat of the day, and you've paid this man that just labored one hour the same. And he told that grumbling, complaining, murmuring man, I have done you no wrong, but he called him friend. He was not his friend, but Jesus, the Lord, was his friend. Oh, I know this is going to be deep. But if the Lord will help me, I want to help somebody here today. I'd really like to talk to the young men, the young ladies in this church. You need to establish a friendship early in your life. Not that you're trying to get him to be your friend, but he's looking for somebody that will be his friend. Praise God. They called him a, a wine-bibber and a gluttonous man, the friend of publicans and a friend of sinners. I know they were wrong when they called him a gluttonous man. And I know they were wrong when they called him a wine-bibber. But I know they were right when they called him a friend of publicans and sinners. The best friend the publican ever had was Jesus Christ. And the best friend that the sinner ever has had Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He was our friend when we didn't deserve a friend. But I got to tell you, that's not really my message today. My message today is really, he's been a friend to us. Time after time after time when we have not really been his friend. And I want to talk about that today. He was the friend of God. Now, he lived in her, which was Babylon. Babylon. Everybody say Babylon. That's a code name for the world. 
the cosmos. It is that ordered structure and system outside God. Always view the world as that that's outside God and his kingdom. Not only is it outside God and his kingdom, but it's, it's, um, it's viewed antagonistic to God. The world. Love not the world. That's the reason. Uh, you know, I mentioned to you about him being him being a friend of God, but he said, you adulterers and adulteresses, if you love this world, if you love this world, you're an enemy of God. Uh, man, you talk about something when God becomes your enemy. This thing's viewed outside God. It's against God. And then it turns to an open resistance toward God. It has a power behind it. Lucifer's the God of this world. Amen. And the first thing for Abraham was he got a call to come out. Up and out. He said in Acts chapter 7, Stephen said that there was a, an appear, he appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia to say, to say come out of Babylon. Come out, come out. Nothing's going to happen till we make up our mind to come out of this world. Oh, I know it's early. Amen. Brother Coon's going to follow and he's going to do a good job. And I so appreciated the message last night. Amen. We heard something here last night. Amen. So he calls Abram, Abram up and out. He said, leave your, your homeland and leave your kindred and leave your family. You've got, you got to make a break. He brought two men out of Babylon with him. He brought an old man and a young man. The old man was the flesh. The young man was that attachment to the world and the person of Lot. The old man had to die. And the young man had to separate. He was in Haran for about five to seven years. This trip was divided into two. Is this all right? And while he was there, about five to seven years in Haran, which means a, a dry place, a dry place. There was no altars. There was no appearances. There was no visions. There was no progress. He had to wait till the flesh, the old man died. The old man died. I don't say that disrespectfully. But Tira represents the flesh. Everybody say my flesh. Say myself. Yeah, yeah, self. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Self. Soul equals self. Amen. And this flesh has got to die if we're going to be the friend of God. Not only that, but uh, the world had to die. You know, I thought about today, there is such an uncertain sound coming from so many pulpits. It is refreshing to hear something you don't have to wonder what they said. When I, and I want to say this kindly. When I was growing up, brother, we didn't have to guess about ball games. It was pretty well decided. It's all right to say amen. 
we didn't have to worry about the rodeo. We didn't have to worry about the race, the car races. Now, if this is going to throw you, you better buckle up. Because I feel it coming on here today. I feel it coming on here today. And they made it plain. And they made it plain. When they got through, we knew the music that was, was right and wrong. In fact, the only thing that was right in those days was Christian music. That's about the only thing that was right. I got a feeling that's pretty well the way it is today. But they made it plain for me. Whenever the separation came, he left. And everything was on hold now. And so he's going to appear. Everybody say appear. He's going to make six appearances to Abram. Six. Six. And from Genesis 12 to Genesis um, 18. Six appearances. Some of them would be in a vision. Some of them maybe would be in a voice. And he, he was called when he left Haran or Iran, he was 75. He died at 175. Uh, that's 100 years, pretty close to it. And uh, in those 100 years, there was uh, eight, eight appearances. And I'm not a mathematician, but that's somewhere around every 12 and a half years. God appeared or spoke to Abraham that is that we have record of. I don't know how many is ready to go from 12 and a half years from here before God speaks again. But that was Abram's record. 12 and a half years before another appearance, before another Bible conference. Amen. And in these appearances, great revelations, great understanding, incredible promises. The covenant that Abram made had three aspects. It had, it had the blessing aspect. When you go there to chapter 12 in the book of Genesis, you will read some of the, I don't like to use the word fantastic, so I won't use it, but it's incredible. The promises that God overloaded Abraham with, Abram with, Astronomical, out of this world. Amen. The other plus aspect would be the land. He promised the land of Canaan to his seed, his descendants forever. Now, beloved, I don't know how long forever is, but that sounds like a long time to me. And I'm going to tell you for. Uh, oh God, I feel, I feel trouble in the camp. But I'm going to tell you for you that make Israel, the church Israel. Quite, quite, quite. I'm going to tell you the church is the blood bought, Jesus name, Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking. The church is not Israel. Israel is there is his nat and I've done I've done done it, but I got to say it. 
Brother, when you take all those prophecies of those prophets and you twist and torture them and bend them and make them fit the church, you got to have a big imagination. Well, come on, the rest of you, I'll, I'll get you on the bandwagon in a minute. He said it's forever. And not only would there be a land forever, but there would be a seed forever. Now that meant his natural seed. He said, now part of that has to do with the dust of the earth. And the, soup, the spiritual seed has to do with the stars in heaven. When he talked to the others, he just talked about the dust. But Abram would have, he would be the father of the faithful. I'm getting, I'm getting bogged down here. But he's going to, I'm talking about the friend of God. And he said that there would be the seed. And the seed would inherit the land forever. Go learn what that means. And so you've got, you've got six appearances before chapter 18. And it elaborates and it enlarges. And it builds and it amplifies on these three aspects and so after 24 years and I'm hurrying here after 24 years and I could uh, I could take each one of these uh, 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 chapters here and just read it to you and uh, and but after 24 years of amazing promises Abraham understands that I don't have anything all I have is a life full of promises I don't have, I, I've not possessed anything. I got land, I got, I got uh, uh, livestock, but Lot had that. You cannot uh, equate God's blessing with material things altogether. Well, there was a spiritual application to this where Abram was going to be great. It was not just going to be the material things that you could see and lay your hands on. Don't ever equate that with the blessings of God altogether because Lot had quite a bit himself. And Lot's that type of that man that never, never fell in love with the message of separation. He never fell in love with this message of sanctification. It was not important at all to him. Not important. And his wife... She is the only person in the New Testament that Jesus told anybody to remember from the Old Testament. Didn't say remember Jezebel. Didn't even say remember Moses, Abraham, but remember Lot's wife. She had every opportunity in this world to be saved. She's just along for the ride. I'm going to hit a trail here in a minute, maybe. Praise God. And so here after, after 24 years, and I, I could go into each one of these, uh, Abram has never had a dialogue with God. He talked to God three times, brother. One time he questioned the seed aspect. He said, how can it be? We don't have any children. Is, is Eliezer the servant from Damascus? He said, no. One that will come from your own body will be the, the, the seed. Uh, uh, and he believed God, and so that was enough 
to reckon for righteousness. That's where that came from in Romans and in, in Galatians and, and, and uh, even in James. Uh, he counted, his faith was counted for righteousness. He could grasp the seed. But in that same chapter 15, when it comes to say uh, about the land aspect, I'm going to give you the land, the land, the land. Uh, it was too overwhelming. And he questioned, he questioned. I, I'm just telling you, sometimes the promises and the blessings of God are so overwhelming until our faith cannot, cannot really stand up under the blessings of, they're, they're too big for our undeveloped faith. And so for God to help Abrams, and I'm going to tell you what he does when the promises are too big for our faith. He gave him a covenant. Everybody say a covenant. A covenant. He's a covenant God, and he's got a covenant people. And he instituted a covenant here. And uh, this thing was bigger than Abraham's faith could even imagine. And so he gave him a covenant of the halves, the pact of the halves. He walked through those halves. Even one would have been enough, but he emphasized the importance of this. And he put Abram to sleep like he did Adam. And he let him know, you will have no part in fulfilling this part of it. Praise the Lord. This is going to be a God thing. It's going to be about the land. It's going to be about the people. It's going to be about the seed. They're going to serve in a far country 400 years and I will bring them out and when I bring them out, I won't bring them out empty. Brother, I'm telling you what he did. He wrecked the nation of Ham that day when he brought them out of Egypt and they have never recovered. Egypt was the, was the uh, power of the world. Brother, that night he wrecked not only their God system, but he wrecked their whole country, their military, and their wealth, and God broke the back of that spirit, and it's never recovered. Egypt has never been a world power since. Somebody say praise the Lord. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. And so, so here he, uh, he said, uh, he gave him that. And then there was another time that God talked to him about the, the, the covenant. And, and the only thing he ever said is, oh, that Ishmael might live. Man, we've already got Ishmael. And we've already got Hagar. He went down to Egypt and he brought them out. He brought riches and Hagar out. And this is what he's got to show for uh, 24 years of appearances. Now, an appearance is um, uh, sort of like you see it and now you don't. Sort of like a brief, brief kind of a thing. Uh, it does not come to stay. It's something to make itself known. It's just an appearance and, and then it's gone. When he appeared to them, to him, it, it, it was gone. The appearances were not left. It was not an extended stay. It was just sort of like a brief kind of a touch. Sort of like a camp meeting. Sort of like a service that we're having last night and today and tonight. 
before you really get a hold of it, it's going to be gone. That's like maybe a revival comes through. Everything is so good and positive and all of a sudden it's gone. What Abraham's realizing, I'm getting to be an old man now. And I have not realized one thing. I've been living with these promises now for 24 long years. Age is creeping on. Somewhere in his mind, he said, if I'm ever, ever going to realize or materialize these promises that God has given to me, I've got to stop him. I've got to detain him. I've got to turn these little appearances into a visitation. got to create a climate where he will stay. I've got to create a lifestyle where he, he feels comfortable here. He never did that to Abel or to, to Enoch or never before, never before. Brother, it had been 2,000 years since he had had a friend. It had been 2,000 years since he sat in somebody's house or sat under the cool of the evening and talked to Adam and Eve. He made Adam and Eve for fellowship. He made Adam and Eve to visit. He had everything, but he wanted some communication. He wanted somebody on a God level. He wanted somebody that he could talk to about God stuff. He made him as much like him as he could. And I am convinced that he came and he walked and he talked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening again and again. Amen. And it had been 2,000 years. Is somebody hearing me? And he's trying to develop friendship. You know, most folks are satisfied with an appearance. Most folks are satisfied with a touch. God said, I need a friend. I made man that we could talk. You know, you know I've, I've talked to... to wise and learned men that would go to the foreign field and there's never a question about the intelligence, never a question about the, the mentality of, of, of where they go, but there's just something about them to talk about their own to their own kind, about what's happening at the house, what's happening at home, what's happening at the church, what's happening to our country. And I'm telling you, God was trying to develop a man that would give birth to a race of men and women where he could talk to them about God stuff. Where he could develop a mind, where he could develop an understanding, where he could develop a perception. Just wanted to spend some time with him. And I'm going to cut this to the chase here today. 
But when you come to chapter 18, there was another appearance. This time, elder, God don't say a thing. Every other time, Abram has been quiet. He's intimidated. But now he's full in covenant with God. He is fully obedient. He bears the mark in his body of obedience and ownership of that covenant that he made with him in chapter 17. And now he is in covenant with a covenant God and he's a covenant man. Somebody say praise the Lord. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. I'm just telling you that all of a sudden God shows up without a message. This is the first time the eternal, the possessor of heaven and earth, the Lord of glory spoke to the man or, or, or came without a message. Every other time it was promises. Probably 20, just according to your, your, your sojourn in this, how many promises you can get out of that. But I'm telling you, there's multitudes of promises that was given to this man in these six appearances. And when you turn over to chapter 21, you're going to find for the first time in your Bible that God did visit Sarah. He's changing his destiny. He's changing the modus operandi of God in chapter 18. It will no longer just be an appearance. But God is setting the stage to pay the family a visit. Somebody say praise the Lord. And so he shows up and he has no message and there is no reason for him to come. Abram sitting in that separated. Everybody say separated. Everybody say sanctified. Come on now. Somebody better get used to hearing this word holiness and sanctification. You know what we really need to do? Get rid of these, these labels. It's not even scriptural. Sort of like the Trinity. That's not scriptural. Amen. Conservative is not scriptural. I'm going to tell you what it is, brother. It's either worldliness or it's holiness. And everybody here ought to say amen. You better believe this. You better believe this. You are either in a holiness church or you in a worldly church. I'm not trying to cause problems here, brother. But you told me to be myself. Amen. Instead of saying, well, we're conservative. I'm telling you, you've got to have holiness. And holiness is far, far more than dress code, beloved. That is the first parts of holiness. Oh, help me, Lord. Amen. We, we, we need some holiness preaching, don't we? And so, so here we are. It's been 24 years and we got promises of healings. We got promises of salvation. We got promises of this and promises of that and promises of this. And we have another revival and we get some more promises and we get some more prophecy. And I believe everyone is right. I don't, I'm, I'm not questioning anything. I'm not questioning anything. I'm just telling you after a while, brother, you have so many promises after a while, brother. You just, you just had so much going on, and, and it's going to be that God's good, and he's going to give you revival, and, and you close that down, and that appearance evaporates. 
and we chase meetings all over the country. Somebody does. Maybe somebody will pray for me. Now, I don't go, and you don't go for that, but some do. Maybe we'll get deliverance at that meeting. I'm telling you what God wants to do. He wants somebody to establish uh, uh, visitation rights here for him. I'm going to tell you what needs to be done here today. There needs to be a life-changing mindset in this service today. The next time he shows up, the next time he shows up in my life, I'm going to be ready to keep him. Oh, my. My, 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 my. And so here he is in, in the tent door, and no doubt they pass by other tents, but they're not interested. The other folks are not interested in detaining him because they're not his friend. I'm going to tell you this friendship is something, brother. We talk about servanthood, and we get teary-eyed about that, and that's right. But I'm going to tell you something greater than servanthood is friendship. Let me tell you the, the heart and the core of prayer. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. And what was it, Luke 11? Teach us to pray. Now, they watched him perform miracles, but they never said, teach me to perform miracles. They watched him raise the dead, but nobody said, teach me to do that. But when they seen him and they heard him pray, they had this feeling we don't know anything about prayer. And he gave them what we call erroneously the Lord's Prayer. You want to read the Lord's Prayer, you go to John chapter 17, you'll read his prayer. This little model that he gave us is just vast areas that need to be covered in prayer. <laughs> Say praise the Lord. Everybody still with me? And then he said, which of you will have a friend? Now we're going to the core and the heart of prayer. It's going to be an accessory, an accession. And the heart and the core of an accession is going to be about friendship. Which of you, I'm going to get down to the nuts and the bolts of prayer, will have a friend that will come to him at midnight and say, Friend, that's capital F. Friend, I have a friend, little elf, that's come to me on his journey, and I need three loaves. I don't know how to say this, but it's not altogether about our dress code, and it's not altogether about our doctrine, brother. That ought to be a given, and you need to get over that and settle that. I don't know how long you can celebrate long sleeves. I don't know how long you can celebrate uh, dress code, but I'm going to tell you, if you celebrate that every night, well, good for you. But we, we, we got over that. Not that it, you, you just come see us. It's there, but that's not what we celebrate. You've got to grow on up. You can't forget that, but that's not where it's at. You've you got to grow up. And what he said, brother, that this thing is about relationship. And I'm not going to refuse to use that because the charismatics has, has abused that. 
I'm not going to eliminate a Bible word, grace, because the charismatic has abused that. When I tell you prayer is all about relationship. It's all about friendship. Somebody better hear this today. Some of us has chased these things all our life. And, and, and time's getting away, and we're still, we're still reaching for them. If God would help me, I'd like to put a fire in somebody's life and tell you we can change this today. Brother, we can determine that we're going to turn these these into extended stays. And so when we go to chapter 18, he passed by others. They're not interested in that. And if they are interested, all they need is a little touch. All they need is a little, little blessing. Uh, they appreciate that divine presence, but they don't, they, don't, they don't have the heart to want it to stay. And so he comes here, and Abram bows himself. Worship, worship always attends the visitation of God. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Amen. I appreciate praise, but worship is deeper than praise, brother. Worship means I submit myself to your will even though it's killing me inside, so be it. I am going to be obedient to your way and your will and your Amen. Abram went to that, 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 uh, that mountain to, to offer this son. By the way, the reason he could do that was two things. Number one, his friend asked him. It established friendship. And he put him on the altar. He knew what you put on the altar, you never lose. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Why don't we love him right now? Let's praise him right now. Come on, let's praise him right now. Worship, worship, worship. Come on, somebody help me. Uh, let's cultivate. Let's let's make up our mind. Oh, you got it, brother. Come on. Somebody's got it in this house, and you see it. I don't mean to be critical, but I'm telling you, some of our lives are in a mess, brother. I don't mind telling you, but we got more needs than we can ever get done. And we keep being satisfied with a little touch on Sunday night and a little touch on Monday morning. And maybe, maybe we'll shout tomorrow. I'm just telling you, he could have lived 20 more years at the way he was going. And what God could do for him at 99, he could do at 119, brother. And what he could have done for Sarah at 90, he could have done for her at 110. Something changed the whole system. Something changed the whole destiny. It was when he made up his mind that I can no longer be content with these appearances. Nobody was ever with him. His family had to get this second hand. Appearances are there and they're gone. Amen. And they they don't say anything. I submit to you that there are some times that God visits you with no message. He just wants to spend time with you. 
I submit to you that there's a side of God that comes to you from time to time with no specific person purpose. He just wants to be with you. One writer said he appointed 12 to be with him. That's why you're here. Not to build a kingdom, but to be with him. I'm hitting a bump here today. I'm telling you, I'm, I've got some bad news for some folks here. Things are just going to keep clanging on and on and on and the oil's already gone out, but the machine's still going and you're hoping, you're hoping, you're hoping it's going to work out. I'm going to tell you I preach faith as much as I can, but I'm going to tell you if you don't understand what I'm saying today, that you're going to take your little blessing from this Bible conference and you're going to go home and you're going to say, what a meeting. And the crib's still empty. And we got a backlog of 24 years, brother. You know, you, you've seen these log jams and you see these rivers and you see these creeks and, and you see it's there. Well, brother, I'm telling you, you let, them, you let that water run for 20 years. You got a lake. Some, you, you, you got some water backed up. Here he is for 24 years and this thing's fixing to break. <laughs> I said this thing's fixing to break. You know why? Because he's going to keep him there till it does. He's fixing to break a modus operandi. You hear me? He falls down in worship and this is what he says. He says, if I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away from thy servant as you always do. As you've done before. Something's got to change in my life. I got to have more than a promise in this meeting. I got to have more than a blessing in this meeting. Appearances is here and they go. Way to go. Like these yahoos come to our city and make an appearance and take off all our money and they're gone. Make an appearance. That's what they did. Well, where are they at? Well, they're gone. Yeah. Well, where'd the Lord go? I don't know. He's gone. But this time he said, you know what? Something's got to change. Something's got to change. And you've got 24 years of backed up blessings and black, backed up promises. Woo! He said, I'll, I'll restore the years to you. Oh, I don't want to get too carried away here, but I'm going to tell you if you've got a fig tree... And hadn't produced figs in five years. And he said, I'm going to restore you the years. In other words, I'm going to give you enough figs in one year to take up the last five years. Uh, some of you are not going to get excited about nothing. You're content to go on just like you are. Bless God. He'll do it when he gets ready. I'm telling you, he's ready. Yeah. 
And if you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. There's some things that only happen in the context of friendship. Change can only happen in the context of hope. Take hope away from us. Take hope away. And there's no incentive to change. Change happens in the context of hope. I have lived long enough, brother, to understand that there's some things that happens between friends that does not happen between strangers and acquaintances. He's never had many friends, brother. He's been a friend to everybody. But he's looking for some friends here today that will love at all times. Praise God. He said, I'll tell you what, the next time he shows up, whatever I have to do, I'm not waiting. I'm in covenant with him. I've obeyed the word. The next time he comes up, he said, Master Adonai, don't be in a hurry to leave today. I wonder, God, that spirit come on this congregation right now. I wish somebody would hear what I'm about to say here today. There's some life-changing qualities and power in this building today. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah, he's ready. He said, I'll tell you what, God said, I, I, got, I got some water here. I got some water here. That water, how do, how do you keep him? I'm telling you what that water represents. It represents refining your walk. It represents washing, purifying your walk, your lifestyle. Amen. I, I'm just going to tell you, if you want him to stay, you, you get that life clean. You repent. You get, get a hold of I'm telling you, he, he's, he won't be in a hurry to leave. When he came to Bethany, he stayed in Mary and uh, Martha and Lazarus' house. There was something about that. He loved, brother. He loved it. Are you hearing me? And I'm telling you, there's something about us here that we have the same quality. And the apostolic church has the same capacity to be his friend today. Well, things that accompany that visitation, I believe, Brother Reeves, you might have told me this back 45 years ago. Worship works and wonders. God pays a visit. You listen? Worship works. And wonders. And so he's sitting here. And brother, I'm going to listen, listen to me. The God that created heaven and earth, the possessor of heaven and earth, sits down under a tree. Are you ready? He's at rest. He's at peace. Abram says, now go kill the calf. Now, I don't know how long it takes to kill a calf and make it kosher and skin that thing. I'm telling you, he'll stay with you. I'm telling you, he'll stay with you. Things are about to change. You know what? 
We're so satisfied with a touch. We're so satisfied with a good service. And then we're going to go back to our home. We're going to go back to our family. We're going to go back to our business. And God says, you know what? I can't, I can't find any decent friendship. Believe what you will, but everybody that's reaping his blessings is not his friend. Believe what you will, but everybody that's preaching this gospel and singing about this is not his friend. They, he is their friend. He wants somebody to turn this thing around and start reciprocating his love and his trust. And so they fetch the calf. He hastens to dress it. And Abraham's standing right by him. You've got to understand that this is going to be a different day. And this God of heaven and earth says to Abraham, after dialogue, after friendship is established, the first time in over 2,000 years, he sat down and talked with a man in, his, in the tent door. He said, call your wife. He says, let's talk about your problems now. Let's talk about man stuff. Brother, when he becomes a friend, you're not all in a bind, you're not a bundle of nerves. You're not in a hurry to go anywhere. The best thing, a part of your day, the most uh, blessed part of your day is being with him. You're not in a hurry to phone ring. Let that phone ring. I'll pay that bill. What, what, what if it's important? They'll call back. I'm talking to my friend. Better than all that, my friend's talking to me. I'm feeling something in this house. And he said, I, I tell you what, go call your wife. We got to deal with some home problems, issues in the house. I'm not even going to ask anybody if you got any problems at home. I don't want to make anybody lie. Some folks want to make it like everything's all right. Yeah, problems. Trouble! You don't have problems in your house. You've got something in the church that needs help. He said, I'll tell you what, I, while I'm here, while I'm here on this visit, we're going to take care of some domestic problems. This thing that's been holding the blessings of God back from your life. We're going to eliminate it today. It's been there for 24 years. Appearances are very limited by their very nature and the construction of their being. They're there to bless you and they're gone. They're there to give you a promise. And you take your promise and you live another 12 and a half years with it. But a visitation turns everything around man that's in no hurry when he's with God. You just understand you've got the makings of a friendship with him. He said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. He said, call her. You've got a problem here in this home. 
and, and, and we're going to solve that problem today. It's in the context of friendship. Somebody say praise the Lord. It's in the context of friendship. He said we're going to move the problem that's been keeping this family, this church. We're, going, we're fixing to break the log jam. I know, I know it's hard to talk about big stuff when you deal with people that think small. I'm going to tell you what, some of us can't even imagine what would happen if that log jam would break in our life. Brother, it'd flood the whole city. I'm telling you, revival would sweep this whole place. You hear me? There'd be folks smile here tonight, today that ain't smiled all day. Oh my! Some... Oh, I don't, I'm acting like I'm at home now. I better quit that. I'm just telling you, the log jam's here, and it's backed up. It's backed up. It's been backing up. It's been backing up. And I guess this is the way I'm going to live forever. I heard one poor soul the other day. I thought, of what comforting words. He said, I guess I'm just going to live for God till they cut my head off. I thought, my, my, my. What a joyful, what an what a encouraging word this is. That's all they got to look forward to. Just go. Pray for me. Pray that I'll have the strength to let them cut my head off. I'm going to tell you, brother, when you run with that crowd, you can't believe for anything big. And I've hit that crowd today. It's bad, but it's going to get worse. I'm going to tell you, brother, why not say, hey, you know what? The two men, one said we can't and they was right, and the other said we can't and they was right. Ah, you're not in this. I can tell that. I done lost you. You can weep and mourn all the rest of your days if you want to, brother. But I'm telling you, I found out what a visitation will do. I found out what stopping him will do for me. I got to close this today. I'm so glad I got somebody following me. I can close this and let him pick up the pieces. But you, you just understand. He said, we're going to deal with this domestic problem Today. Everybody say today. Brother, there was a definite promise. We're going to call this boy Isaac. We're going to call him laughter. <laughs> I don't know about you folks, but I'm way behind on laughing. Some of you may be ahead, but I'm way behind. I need to laugh about a week, but that won't work either. Folks that laugh all times got problems too. <laughs> Isaac to be born in our house. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Somebody needs to let Isaac be born in the house. And so, so he's got a friend. He's got a friend. It's not just gimme, gimme, gimme. It's not just a catalog of needs. 
I'm just coming to spend time with you, Lord. You don't have to bless me. You don't have to talk to me. You don't have to do nothing. Brother, I've been, and some of my friends, uh, some of them don't talk much, and, and they don't have to talk to me. We're friends. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I, I like to be in their presence. Evidently, some of them like to be in mine. He says, and, and by the way, I, I closed my Bible, but I, I'm telling you what he did. He followed after him. He, he followed after it's like It's like, Brother Lyle, you come see me, and you get ready to go, and I'm going to follow you, right? I'm right with you wherever you go. That's where I'm going to go. You go to your car, I'm going to be standing right beside you, okay? That's what Abraham did. He's making this visit last. You're going to get in your car, and before you get going, I'm going to run around, open the door, and get on the other side. He drew near to him. He drew near to him. Don't pass away like you've been doing. Stay here a while with us. And in that close proximity, brethren, he said, can I, can I leave without telling Abram, my friend, what I'm about to do? He's talking to him now about some God stuff. I'm going to tell you what he wants to do, brother. What's going on in your life, he wants to talk to you about it. He said, I, I can't leave here. This man so close to me. Talk to him about man stuff. We took care of his problems. I got to let him in, in on a word of wisdom. I've got to let him in on the purposes of God. In fact, I'm going to allow him to come into my mind. And I'm going to allow him to perhaps participate in the outcome. No, oh, you're not hearing me, brother. I'm telling you, there's some things that don't happen to a man that's got a full schedule every day. There's some things that don't happen to a man that's up before daylight and comes in after dark. And I'm not talking about working for a living. I'm just talking about busy, 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 busy. You just understand, I don't know what all's going on in your world, but we're missing the most important thing. We are tending to important things and we are missing the essential things. We are dealing with things that seem to need to get done. But the main thing, brother, when we come to the end of this life, it's going to be not only about truth, but it's going to be about friendship. He said, I tell you what, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. It involves him. It involves his family without telling him about it. Abram, I'm going to let you come into my mind and I'm on my way to Sodom. I'm going to tell you what's going on right now. If you didn't know this, they would just think it was an act of God. That's what they call storms, an act of God. They just think something happened. But I'm telling you what's behind this. I'm telling you the reason I'm doing this. I'm telling you why this is happening. Something's happened. There's been friendship established. 
time to settle down. He is at peace and he found his, he, he said, you, you rest here. There, there was a type and a, a, a place of rest compatible with, with, with Abram's home that, that he could feel comfortable there. No confusion. No fear, no doubt. He said, I got to talk to him about some God stuff now. And uh, then the friends started talking. And he said, Master, it's not like you to destroy the righteous with the wicked. And here's a man that in 24 years, all he ever said is, and all that Ishmael might live, the work of the flesh that I created, this mess I created, let it live. I'll tell you this one thing, brother. The famines and the failures did not negate the promises and the blessings of God. I'm going to tell you one more thing. The promises and the blessings of God did not negate, it did not negate the, the famines or, or, or the... Or the uh, Failures. You can be in covenant with God and still make mistakes. Is somebody hearing me? You can be in covenant with God and you can be God's man and you can have famines and you can have failures. And believe this or not, for the first time, for the first time in your Bible, here's a man talking with God. Spared for 45. I won't go all the way down, but he came down to 10. And what I wanted to tell you is that this new friendship, God gave Abraham everything he asked for. He never denied him one thing he asked for. Abraham quit asking before God quit giving. You hear what I'm saying today? I'm going to tell you what, folks. You can go on with this little light thing. You can go on with this light Pentecost if you want to. You can go on with this little blessing, get here and run home if you want to. And you better thank God that you got the blessing. All the others was preliminaries. All the appearances is only preliminaries for the visitation, brother. And the next time God shows up to Sarah, it's not an appearance, but for the first time in the Bible, the word visit is used. Not only did he procure a breakthrough for him, but he got a breakthrough for his family. And the grandson a few years later would say, you're not going to go till you bless me. It's in the blood, brother. And I'm going to tell you it's in the bloodline right here today. Let's, I said it's in the bloodline right here. Let's lift our hands here. Come on, somebody pray with me. Man, it's time for somebody to get violent in this house.
Stay with me a minute. Somebody pray with me a minute. Oh, some of you think it's thundering here today, but somebody's heard from God. And I'm going to tell you what, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know the time. But if you've heard from God today, I want you to come stand with me here just a minute. We got time. We got time. You don't want to, don't come. Come on, men. You're ready for these blessings to be materialized. Come on, ladies. You're ready for a change of life. You're ready for a life change. You're ready for something to happen way down deep. Come on, man. Come on, sister. You've whined around long enough. Establishing something, brother. Establishing something, brother. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. We're going to establish something here today. It's not too late. It's not too late. Falling in love with Jesus. I tell you, brother, it's not too late. Falling in love with Jesus. I don't care what age you are. It's not too late. Falling in love with Jesus. Is the best thing I've ever done. Falling in love with Jesus. Let's call, brother. Come on. With Jesus. Determine in your heart that this is going to change. Falling in love with Jesus. Is the best thing I've ever done. Oh, one more time now. Falling in love. Let's determine in our life. All we got to do is stop him, brother. He'll do the rest. All we got to do is slow him down. All I got to do is get him to stop. Best thing I've ever done. Come on, 
sing it to the Lord now. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done. Oh, come on, sing it again. Falling in love. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in Jesus. Oh, let's lift our hands and just love the Lord again this morning. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 